Hi everyone, Michael Ray again, all the way from sunny, slightly sweaty Australia with my co-host. Reham from um, starting to shine, uh, slightly wintry UK. Gee, diff different hemispheres, different conditions, who would have guessed? I know. <laughs> And uh, UK just about to go or has gone back into a tier four lockdown? Yeah, for some time now. And it's looking like we're probably going to end up um, here in this space for maybe a month or two. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Mm. And I hear. Yeah, I hear a little bit exactly. Resurgence. We had 63 days without one case, without any community transmission. And it got out from hotel quarantine in New South Wales and now it has just spread down to here so everyone's nervous that we could be seeing a this will be our third third wave but we're in such such a good position but yeah. while we're talking all things COVID for the new year be safe yes be safe and and wear your masks yes 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 relationships a lot of them have suffered during COVID and my, my little two cents worth was uh, COVID didn't actually create a lot of new problems. It just exposed the, the flaws and the cracks in the systems and the relationships that we already had. So it was fine weather sailing for a lot of things like, you know, two hour commutes to work. We could tolerate that when everything else was going bad, but now it's been shown up is not a great system and you know those two hours now with our family the work from home all of a sudden is well we could manage it when there was no other option so the situation and circumstance is where the innovation has thrived yeah. while while there was an abundance of time and opportunities and resources there was no need for adaptation but with some of our relationships now they've they've fallen over because being locked in a house with somebody 24 seven that you're not actually meant to be with can't be a whole lot of fun. I know it isn't in jail also I've heard. So it's not fun when you're with someone that you don't want to be with or that you don't feel appreciated by. And I know that many of our listeners out there can relate to that in some way or another throughout their lifestyle, uh, life and lifestyle. Um, be it at work, be it at school, if you're in school, be it in the community or in a relationship. And so what's really powerful about uh, this topic, this concept of cracks in a relationship is that we all come with our blueprint of what a relationship looks like from our upbringing. And we tend to, without intention, mimic or mirror that. We again and again and again without thinking until we are conscious about how we enter into relationships. And this is a, a way of us putting it out there and saying, how are you being intentional in your relationships? How are you choosing to create that healthy, engaging space in your relationships? But before we go there, let's kind of look at what's going on now what's creating these cracks in the relationships that we're um, hearing all about and reading about throughout the past year. Oftentimes it comes from how we show up as ourselves, 
and the cracks within us. We're not broken. Nobody was born broken. Nobody was born needing fixing. But we do experience things in our lives that creates cracks. It's almost like a windshield that has a small little, you know, nick. And then that nick starts to grow. And then it grows. And it's halfway through your, your windshield. And it's irreparable. Because we didn't address it when it just got nicked. And so my goal and hope is to bring to light some of those nicks and share with you guys how they become cracks. So one of those that is near and dear to my heart is this concept of good guys and bad guys, good girls and bad, bad girls. And why do we want the bad girl? Why do we want the bad boys? And what attracts us to them? And in my humble opinion, as you know, wonderful as a bad boy might come off, as charismatic, as engaging, as even sexy, because he's desired by other women. He's sexy because he has all the right words and all the right moves. He's sexy and inviting because he knows exactly how to get what he wants. But we're forgetting, and speaking as a woman, we're forgetting as women, that sometimes those moves, those words, those actions are for his own gain without taking into consideration our needs and our wants. And so what happens is we get attracted to that. We want what is desired by others. We want what is beyond our reach, like unavailable men. And we aim to conquer. Now conquering, and I know we've talked about this, Michael, in a previous uh, podcast episode on polarity, where women can show from a very masculine energy and conquering is a masculine energy, like conquering and, 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 and owning is a very masculine energy. And, and when that equation flips or changes, we're not showing up as feminine. We're showing up as the conqueror. And when we conquer, we undervalue as women in that masculine energy, what we've conquered. And so coming from a feminine energy, it's about recognizing the difference between the bad boys and the good boys and what's in between. Because the good boys could be not so attractive, not very sexy. They might not look so good. They might have a receding hairline or they might have you know, body image issues or they might have a height or weight or mindset issue, whatever that might be. But it doesn't take away from who they are. They might have good values and good morals, but they, they still need a bit of work to do. I'm talking about those men in the middle that aren't so bad, that aren't as good, but they have that safe space in the middle, that balance, because they are not fun in the way that the bad boy is. They're not boring as the good guy is. They're right in the middle where they have exactly an even balance between both. And those are partner relationships um, that are healthy, that are worthy of the, the distance. What are your thoughts, Michael? Yeah, I, I agree as well. The, 
do you ever wonder why you go into a furniture shop and there's so many pieces of furniture that have a sold sticker on it? It's yeah. because we want what other people, oh, I, I would have loved that. Somebody else loves it. We we want to know that we fit in. We, we want other people to think that um, what we have, we want them to wish that they have as well. And I know it's very easy to dismiss it and go, oh, I'm, I'm not like that at all. But when you look at, um, you know, the celebrity things and here in Australia, we have our footballers who are, you know, gods that, that walk amongst us and we'll have some of them that will actually uh, end up in court for physically assaulting their previous girlfriends and within a week or two, they've got another girlfriend. And to me, it's like walking into the pound and going, show me the section where the dogs that have bitten their last owners are because I want to take one of those because I don't think they'd ever bite bite me. But, you know, they're a really, really attractive dog. And, um, you know, the, the, best, the best predictor of, of future behaviour is past behaviour. Yeah. So, you know, if... The, the other thing I don't understand, and believe me, I'm not an expert on relationships, hence why I'm known as a solo dad. You know, the, but the, the, the concept of, you know, gee, I've met this man, he's married, but he's telling me it's a loveless marriage and, you know, I'm special and, you know, he wants to be with me. Well, I don't understand how when you get together that you can't have the doubt, well, he did it to his last partner. Why wouldn't he do it to me? And as much as you've heard the stories that he said about the state of his relationship when he first met you, that was what he was telling you. And you've chosen to believe that. So you've told yourself about a story, about the story that he was telling you, to suit your own needs. I do like him, so I will believe him. And then should it all go wrong, and statistically speaking, second marriages have a higher failure rate than first marriages, and I'm not going to try and go into why, but when it goes wrong, all of a sudden, when relationships end, all of a sudden we have the gift of hindsight visited upon us, I knew it. And now that time when he said he was here and all of it, and all of a sudden it becomes glaringly obvious, but it's not that so much that he deceived you or she deceived you, you deceived yourself by telling yourself stories that fitted the narrative that would give you the excuse and the opportunity to accept him. And so you need to ask, what is it within you that wanted that? What is it in you that said, you know what, I'm going to ignore my gut feeling, I'm going to ignore my sixth sense, and I'm going to take this because it's better than being alone. And That's powerful. Yeah, when, when you've got that, well, it's better than being alone, there's your problem. Because if being alone is a problem, you've got work that you need to do and no relationship should be entered into until you're 100% happy on your own because until you can be happy with being on your own, you will take anything. It's, you know, when people say, well, it's better than nothing. Well, I think we need a 
better control group than nothing because um, when they say it's better than nothing, I say, what, so arguing is better than not arguing? Being accused of being, you know, somehow dishonest is better than nothing? Being maybe physically abused is better than nothing? Being criticised or belittled or controlled is better than nothing? No, I would rather nothing than a bad relationship. And bad relationships is what happens when you're going, well, it, it's better than better than nothing. That is true for so many men and women because when they wake up in the morning, they don't want to see themselves reflected in that mirror. They don't know how to see themselves for what they have to offer. It's what some people call my picker is off, but no, it's not your picker. It's the image that you have of yourself that's distorted. And areas of our hearts and our minds and our bodies that still require healing. So if we haven't healed, if we're not able to be alone with ourselves, if you're struggling to spend quiet time and overtake and, and feel like you're overtaken by your thoughts, dip into our previous episode on the power of the mind because that will really address a lot of those points. But being that we're talking about relationships here and the cracks in those relationships, it oftentimes comes from the cracks within ourselves. And so really looking at what is it that I'm attracting? Is it because of a lack of communication? Am I not valuing healthy interactions where I'm communicating in a healthy way and I'm expecting that person to communicate with me in a healthy way? Because if you're not asking for something, people aren't going to offer it. If you're not creating boundaries around how others will communicate with you, then they're going to overtake those boundaries and you're going to feel those insecurities and that hurt and that harm again and again and again. Are you feeling a lack of trust? Like you were saying, Michael, are you constantly um, attracted to women that are unavailable? that are in other relationships or just completely emotionally detached. And if that's the case, notice the patterns. Really look back at the last five to 10 years of your relationship history and look at who you've been attracted to and what are the patterns that are showing up and why were you attracted to that person and that person and the par person before that and the person before them? because that's gonna give you the predictable signs and, and patterns that guide you to repeat this cycle of connecting to people that are emotionally detached because you're feeling something, a lack in some way, that maybe you're not feeling lovable or worth loving. And if that's the case, then that's something to dip into and really look at. Michael, what are your thoughts? It, again, it comes back to those internal core sets of values that that make it easy to walk away from something that doesn't align with your authentic values. Yeah, you don't need your self-esteem. Again, isn't contingent on being in a relationship or out of a relationship. My self-esteem isn't based on his opinion or her opinion of me. My self-esteem and self-worth and values aren't affected by what my friends think of her or him. This is about me and it's easy to walk away because 
I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying that you don't align with me. I think that I deserve more yeah. or it's not quite what I want. And there's nothing wrong with being in casual relationships as well. I think we jump in to relationships so quickly nowadays where it's, um, yeah, I, again, that fear of being alone, that isolation that we do do feel, I think women have a lot closer group of um, friends than men sometimes. Men seem to want to congregate around a activity or an occasion. Whereas a lot of women, yeah. yeah, a lot of women will just catch up for a coffee and a chat and all the rest of it with blokes. It's like, you know, I'll talk to you out of the side of my mouth while we're all looking at the football or, you know, while we're all having a drink and having a joke sort of thing. But, you know, for me, I'll pop around and we'll sit down and have a coffee. And it's sort of like, why? What's wrong? Like, no. So our connection uh, with it and a lot of the times too we can feel awkward um, yeah. being being the single one in a group and I think we make other people uncomfortable as well because I can't tell you the number of times where I've been you know oh, I've got this great girl I'm gonna set you up with this is before I was with my, yeah. my wonderful partner now but it, it seemed like a you know preoccupation with everyone no oh, i've got this great person that you know you'll be fantastic together and it's like you know somehow i'm not sure what i want but you are and um yeah yeah so with that whole relationship you it just comes down to having a look inside yourself and going you know what this person's great they're fun stuff like that it, it, good fun to be around i enjoy their company but it's just not quite right well, as long as you're upfront and honest and not leading them on, saying, yep, had a great time, enjoyed it, fantastic. And then if they say, well, you know, do you want to do it? Do this on this night or that on that night? Don't lead them on. Don't lessen your own power in the situation. Go, yeah, okay, because you feel obligated to yeah. because – it will just make it worse down the track for this person who may have real feelings for you. But I, I hear a lot of girls say, oh, but I didn't want to hurt him. And I've gone, well, you haven't hurt him. You've made him feel great because he was really attracted to you. So isn't that a great feeling when you really like someone? Well, you've enabled that in him. But like I say, it's like dinner and dessert. You know, I, I need dinner. Dessert's okay. You know, like dessert's great when I get it, but I can't just have dessert. But dinner's what I need. And if he's only going to be dessert, you know, there's not a long term in it. Exactly. But we also need to go, you know what, while I'm with someone casually and I meet somebody who I'd like to be with permanently or that I think is good value, while I'm with this one just rather than being alone, what are you missing out on? And, you know, it's like I say, when people say to me, oh, how do you go with the iPad with your daughter and screen time? I go, well, I don't think screen time is inherently bad, yeah. but it's what's not happening when she's, so if there wasn't a screen there, would she be playing the piano or reading a book or doing so, you know, it's, it's what it displaces. And that's what happens with relationships. I don't think he's the one, but, you know, it's whatever, well, 
you may meet the one and you're going to miss the one because you're in something rather than being alone. Exactly. Spot on, Michael. Because if you don't create the space for what it is that aligns with you, aligns with your heart, your values, your your core beliefs and principles in life, then you're not going to find this, you're not going to create the space to find or to attract that other person that is right for you. So if you're always going for subpar, you're never going to know what it feels like to be with someone that sees you for you, that hears what you say and really listens and takes it in and doesn't interrupt you, doesn't try to control you, doesn't divide and conquer between you and your family, that doesn't have a secretive past that they're not sharing just because they're afraid of who you think they're going to be. They're not going to be the fun guy, but not the permanent guy. They're going to show up in a way, or girl, um, they're not going to show up in a way where they're building a foundation, like you said beautifully earlier, Michael, where they're building that foundation of a healthy relationship step by step by step. You know, we can all have um, partners, but not everybody's a builder. And being a builder means that every stone of that home, the foundation, in other words, that you're building is an investment by both of you. One of you isn't standing by and saying, you know, call me when you've built the, the building, the home, the, the castle, whatever you want to call it. They're not saying, oh, I've hired someone else and I'm just going to enjoy my time until you build. They're actually there sweating and, and building and defining the home that you want to create together. Now, if we allow in the process of building the the space for unhealthy relationships and we continue to build that's what you were talking about michael it's that yeah. sense of i'm trading my happiness whatever happiness means is different for every single person i'm trading my sense of security my sense of safety my sense of um of of that safe haven that a home can be for something less than and that means that i'm settling and that means that I'm not valuable enough for me to value in a relationship. That means that I'm not allowing myself to be valued either by the person I'm with. And that's it's, scary. Yeah, it is. And if you don't allow, the other problem we have is we see narcissists find people who are easily manipulated. And the, it, it's, it, it's a codependence they look for somebody who can be easily manipulated. Um, so there are so many narcissists and there's, there's a nothing, there's, it's such a great feeling to know that you're wanted or you're attractive to um, somebody that somebody thinks a lot of you, but it shouldn't be to the point that it's distracting or that your self-esteem is, um, elevated by it again that contingent self-esteem wow he offered me compliments he flattered me he was great i think i like him well <laughs> do you like him because of he's filled that void that insecurity within you or do you actually like him for him yeah for you know what he's doing for what you think you could be together because there are some people that are wonderful to be around that you wouldn't want to be in a relationship with 
that just don't do it for you. There are other people that you're so attracted to, but you just know that it's going to end in flames, that it's just, you know, like you say, the the bad boy things where it's, you know, it's I can't drive the roller coaster to work every day, but, you know, I, I'd give it a try until it ran off the tracks sort of thing. So, again, it comes back to your own self-values to, to be clear and concise on what you're worth. Yeah. You've got to know the difference. So, you know, the thing I want for Charlie to realise is the difference between attention and respect. Oh, beautiful. One's easy to get and the other one is is the baseline for everything. It's easy to get attention, but respect. And she's got to know what her self-worth is and recognise when others don't, don't uh, know her worth and be able to go, you know what, it's great. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but one day I'll be it. My parents were married their entire life, built a great, you know, great family, great relationship. Of course, like any family, they they had their, um, you know, ups and ups and downs. But there was never any anything that was ever going to come between them because they were going to work at it. But they were equals in in the thing. So, you know, there was never any outright criticism. There was, you know, and there was always appreciation. My mum couldn't even drive until my dad had his stroke because she didn't need to because dad dad did everything outside of the house. Mum ran the house. Dad would come home, give the pay to mum. Mum would run the house. You know, mum would run dad's businesses for him from home. You know, my, my father was really successful, but he couldn't read because he left school just before grade six. So I still remember him coming home and passing stuff to to mum saying Maz read that what's that mean I, I don't understand it and she would do all that so that they were the perfect um, partnership and they completed each each other brilliantly and that's the thing you just criticism of someone in a relationship it's not gonna not gonna get you anywhere if they're not right for you man up and leave and you know but do it nicely don't be hurtful but just accept that that this isn't the one exactly. you're not going to change them without doing them or you're not going to change them but in your effort to try and change them you're going to do harm to them and they to are, yourself yeah and that's yeah. it and to yourself and it's the same with men oh you know he does this and he does that well that's fine if it's acceptable to you, but if it's not acceptable, speak up because a lot of the times too, by holding in that little annoyance, as I say, that tiny little, it's a bit of a red light, bit of a red flag at the beginning. If it's a little annoyance at the it's gonna become an issue at the end, much like the rattle in your car. Once you hear it, you've got to fix it and it becomes over and over. But a lot of the times we're not aware of it. so. What I say in relationships, a lot of the times, you don't even have to understand it. So it doesn't have to make sense to you. The only thing you have to know is it's important to your partner. And if it's important to your partner, whether you understand it or not, I'm not saying change. I'm not saying go, okay, it's important to me. It's important to her. So I'll I'll give her the respect to make sure that, you know, I don't run up against 
whether it be her faith, her friends, her behavior, her beliefs. I'm not going to say, you know what, that's silly, that's ridiculous, because that those things are what make her the person she is, and you chose her. So either unchoose her or him, or accept them. Or go, you know what? If I'd been brought up the way he'd been brought up and experienced the things that he'd experienced, I'd be making the same choices and have the same behaviors as he does. If he asks to change or for help to change, help. But if somebody doesn't see a problem with their ways, you're not going to, you know, your criticism won't get you anywhere except um, alienated. Yeah. I know this is a common attractive quality to heal or to be the healer, or the supporter or the champion or the empowerer. And in, in proper, healthy, let me put it this way, in healthy relationships, it is the proper response. But in unhealthy relationship, as you said, Michael, it creates codependency. And if there is criticism in a relationship, it's going to show up when you're fighting. It's going to show up when, because you're not going to be arguing. It's not going to be a conversation. It's going to be a full on fight where you're being name called or you're, you know, you're being um, thrown under the bus. Your family is going to go under the bus with you. There's going to be no conflict resolution skills. There isn't going to be the happiness of, you know, we've discussed what we were thinking. We exchanged our viewpoints. We were open to new experiences and opportunities of, of looking at this situation in a healthier way. We've come to a, you know, a, a not necessarily a solution because there are so many challenges in, in relationships, but we've come to an agreement that we're both willing to commit to. That's a healthy relationship. But when you're being, you know, told that you're not worth it, or you're not, you know, handsome enough, or you're not important enough, or you're not beautiful enough, or you're not sexy enough, or you look like my mother, or stuff that really can hurt. And their attitude changes on a dime. And they become jackal or high, depending on their moods, not taking into consideration what's important to you. They're not apologizing. In fact, they're blaming and shifting blame onto you. All of these behaviors are cracks in relationships that show up under pressure. So it's just like that kettle or that, you know, the kettle that is on a slow boil. We were before COVID on a slow boil, but COVID came in and just revved up the boil to, to the point where it was volcanic. It erupted and people's relationships spat out because of the little issues that were put on the shelf that weren't addressed over a long period of time. It's like the oven example that you had given in a previous episode, Michael where you were saying you could clean the, the oven each time you use it and it could sparkle and you could see what you're cooking. But if you leave it and you leave the grime and the residue to build up, it's gonna take forever to clean. And that's what relationships are like. That's how the cracks start to build over time. And I remember Michael, you asked a question, will they change? Well, when we enter relationships, people are going to be who they are when they present themselves to us as they are. They can get worse and they can get better, but that's their choice. But it's not our role 
to make them better. It's not our role to elevate them. If they're not ready to do the work, we can support them. We can encourage them. We can empower them. We can champion them. We can be their cheerleaders or their rock stars, whatever. Um, but the most important thing is we can't do the work for them. Just like we can't ask other people to do the work for us internally, whatever cracks we might be feeling within us. And so what's really important is to look at those cracks, to look at how they show up, to look at how people treat other people in your presence. It's so important because if they are treating other people disrespectfully, they're going to treat you disrespectfully. It's just a matter of time. If they treat their pets disrespectfully or their, you know, uh, their children or their family members, despite what amazing story they give you or tell you or tales that they whine for you, it doesn't matter. Because when they break those boundaries of respectful, healthy interactions with others, they're going to break your boundaries. They're going to trample all over them repeatedly. And the question is, again, Michael, that you asked, what's it worth? Mm. Is it worth being in a subpar, mediocre, or even unhealthy, unhappy relationship just because we fear being alone? Or is it time for us to invest in who we are and what we have to offer the world and ourselves, most importantly? to heal those cracks in our relationships and to see those patterns so that we can show up healthy, choosing healthy partners and being able to see that the one at the moment in a way that we've never been able to see them before because we're ready, we're tuned in. I know we've said before in previous podcasts, what you concentrate on is what you see. If you concentrate on the healthy bits of you, if you concentrate on the parts of you that make you brilliant and shine, that's what you're gonna attract back to you. So what are you attracting? Yep. The, the other one that uh, again comes back to, if you, if you can't trust somebody, your okay. perception is reality. If if you think every time they're half an hour late that they've been up to some, you know, infidelity or covert thing, you know, behavior, then don't be with them. Yeah. And if the next partner is like that, don't be with them. And the next one like that, you've got no business being with somebody because it will become. There's no difference between reality. They they're coming home every time they're late and you're just going to question them and accuse them and all the rest of it, you're actually having a go at somebody's character yeah. and our character, our values is something where, you know, as a bloke, you say something to another bloke about his actual character. They're getting up out of their chair to, to have a swing uh, at you. Yeah. Yep. A real swing at you. So, to do it at someone else, you know, why are you always with him? Why are you always with her? You two are this. What are you accusing them of? And then if they deny it and you stay together, what have you just, what level have you just set the relationship with? So I said the worst possible thing to him, accused him of such poor character traits and he denied it. So now I'm going to stay with him. Do you apologize? Do you go, I don't know what came over me. I can't believe that I could accuse you 
over something so abhorrent and wrong, do you actually feel bad about your accusation or do you just go, okay, I'll actually forgive him. He's the one that should be forgiving you. And if you're sure, and it's, I'm, it happens all the time. Men, are, you know, play up, you know, women, women do as well. I'm not saying like put your head in the cloud, but if you think they're capable of it, don't be with them. You're wasting your time for each day, week, month that you're with them. Exactly. It's another day, week or month that you're not available or open to finding the right person. And you're torturing yourself. You're wasting your life. It's, you know, you've got to be able to go, you know what, the relationship ended, but because of my not contingent self-esteem and because of my set of core values, we can end this nicely. Didn't work out. You're a great guy. I'm okay with it. You're a great girl. I'm okay with it. But it just didn't have it. I wish you all the best and we can be friends. But if you somehow feel like I lowered myself to his level and look at what he's done or I knew he was going to do this and he did it or all the rest of it, you haven't lost anything. You've lost a an ideal or a perception yeah. of you didn't love him. You love the, the ideal that you built up about him in the thing and it should be, you know what, good riddance to bad rubbish. But again, um, you know, vengeance isn't, you know, hate isn't the opposite to love, indifference is. Yeah. And you've got to be able to go, you know what, doesn't really matter. I learned, we had some good times, we had some bad times, but in the end, didn't work out. Good luck. Move forward. We, we, um, we forget that we gain growth from each one, but if, you know, you're constantly looking for a repeat performance of your last failed relationship in this one. If you're looking for the same um, tells and the same red flags, and that you're going to find them because again, there's that confirmational bias. There'll be things misconstrued. If you find yourself wanting to check their phone, if you feel like they're lying to you for no other reason apart from a feeling, get out of the relationship because if you find it, Will it be any different to when you imagined it? It's it's the same same end result. I, I feel as though I'm being lied to, or I am being lied to. What what's the actual difference in feelings? And if you just want to accuse and be suspicious, it's killing you. It it allows resentment and anger and frustration and contentment contemptment. Um, and you know, those are the, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, um, for any relationship and they're more than four, but like, those are the main ones, you know, when, when contentment and criticism and conflict that is uncontrollable, um, and, and resentment enter a relationship, that's when it's, it's really, it's a conscious choice because you've given up each of you on the relationship in different ways at different times. But once it gets to that point, both of you have given up on the relationship. And so it becomes a spiral uh, of dissonance and destruction. And so what is it worth to you? Are you worthy enough of better? 
or are you worthy enough of bettering the relationship of having you know a conversation or seeking external support or influence on the relationship to make it healthier if there aren't a lot of the major red flags if it's if there's room for development and growth together it could be an amazing journey not all relationships need to end only unhealthy ones so recognize first is it an unhealthy relationship are there boundaries that are being broken is there trust that's being you know challenged is there respect that isn't being given is there honesty and transparency that isn't being had if there isn't love and kindness in the interactions, then what's happening? Mm. What are you valuing or devaluing in yourself to allow others to value in themselves the bad behavior, the bad consequences of their inability to be responsible and accountable for their own actions and words? So when we know if it's an unhealthy relationship, that's when you start stop the, the patterns and start to reflect and make decisions. If it's a healthy relationship, see if it's worth investing in. If you feel that you want to invest in it, if you want to feel um, connected again, have those conversations. Come from a space of openness and kindness and really engage and invite your partner repeatedly. It might not happen from the first time or the second time because the hurt might be overwhelming. But the third and fourth attempt may actually create shifts. A, a pebble in a pond makes ripples. Even one person can create shifts in a relationship that can last a lifetime in a healthy way. So the question is, who do you want to show up as? And what kind of relationship do you have? These are conversation starters with blokes, their children, and the women that support them. It's about many men having many conversations. Follow, like, and share us. Also, don't hesitate to comment below. And the questions of the day are, what are the patterns and cracks in your relationships? How are you healing those cracks within you to learn and to love and allow others to love you and for you to be loved? Not just in a relationship, but also to love yourself. How are you building your own self-worth? Look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.